Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I am absolutely thrilled to introduce today's guest, Emily Lauren Dick, who will be talking with us about her book, Body Positive, A Guide to Loving Your Body. And I just have to say, it is the most beautiful book, a substantial book, and wonderful for the ears, the eyes, the mind, and the heart. So welcome to the podcast, Emily. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So thanks for joining us. And so tell us just a little bit about what makes Emily, Emily. (laughs) In a nutshell, I like to call myself a wearer of many hats because I am a very multifaceted person with a ton of different interests. I'm a creative. I love to research. I love to speak to people about different things. I like to create art and I'm not one thing. So (laughs) many hats indeed. Many hats. You can't fit me into a box. (laughs) That's a good thing. No boxes. There we go. So your beautiful book, Body Positive. Why? Why write such a book? I mean, no one suffers from body images in today's world. No one. (laughs) Actually, I don't think there's anyone I know that doesn't suffer from body image issues. So really, that was my inspiration for writing the book. When I went to university and I learned about the male gaze and sociology and all these different, you know, feminist perspectives on sort of the world we live in, I was inspired to make this information really accessible to people, especially young girls and young women who didn't have the same experience that I did. I had that aha moment in university and went, oh, there's a reason why we have body image issues. And there are so many things that we can do to to challenge the way the world views women's bodies today. So let's start with an explanation of the male gaze. Tell our listeners what struck you about the concept of the male gaze? Well, as a young woman, I constantly felt like I was in a movie. That's the way I used to explain it. Like I was on display, like I was this object. And really the male gaze is objectification. It is seeing a woman and viewing her as an object. And we actually, even as women, view ourselves through that same lens because of the way that we've grown up and been socialized in in society. So we actually start to self-survey and and see ourselves through someone else's eyes in a way. So the way that we appear, the way that we act is influenced by, by those things. Mm, So being objectified by men, by society at large, how does that take a toll on our mental health and our physical health? It is extremely harmful to the way we see ourselves. You know, women are taught that their first priority is, is to be beautiful. And those beauty standards are constantly changing as well, which makes it completely hard to ever really hit that finish line. And the expectations of women too are, 
you know, they're impossible, they're unrealistic. So it's this feeling of never being able to reach, you know, that beauty, that ideal beauty, and, and we suffer for it because, you know, we put that ahead of so many other things in our lives. I absolutely agree with you that that drive to be a beautiful object so that you're loved and accepted and seen and cherished when really we want to be loved, accepted, seen and cherished regardless of the physical, right? Exterior. Exactly. Exactly. So how does that in your mind feed the ubiquitous insecurity that so many women and men, I'm not leaving men out of the conversation, yes, no, absolutely. right? So men, if you're feeling any of this, it's happening in your realm as well. So it's not gender specific. So please tell me a little bit about how these body images make women and men, whoever you are, feel insecure. Well, I think when we see certain ideals represented in the media as being, you know, the the desirable types of things, we think that we need to change ourselves to to be those things, right? So we think we need to be thinner, we need to be whiter, our skin needs to be more perfect, all of those things. And I mean, for men too, right? There, you see men who are muscular and trim and tall and, you know, perfectly coiffured. And, you know, there's so many things about these ideals that makes us feel like our human characteristics are unacceptable. Mm -hmm. So when we feel like our bodies are wrong, we feel like we're wrong as people. And, you know, it, it really impacts our self-esteem and, and so many other areas of our lives. Beautifully said, so beautifully said. And I agree with you that if we feel as though we are our physical appearance, if there is a natural imperfection, which we all have, right? And as we age, then we're going to feel unlovable, whether we're aging it, you know, aging process starts in our 20s, right? Which means it's a very quick downhill slide, right? If we view it that way. So we're constantly feeling imperfect and, and not enough because we're focusing just on that one ideal. And also you used one of my favorite, but least favorite words, perfection. Yes. That ideal of perfection as though there is perfection. What do you it's think? True. Is there a perfect human being out there that we should all aspire to be? Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. And it's so sad because even, you know, the people that are put on this pedestal in, in the media, even they don't look like themselves today. Like there's even mechanics and video that create people. So there's, there's not even, there's fake models out there because of the technology that's available and that you just put into a computer, you know, the perfect measurements and, and you can literally create a ideal person and <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> no, they don't. And we could get off into a whole nother topic about how that works in the pornography industry, right? Yes. And how that idea of there is this perfect human being out there that we can adore and cherish because it's an it, but we're not having to reciprocate. We're not having to show love or truly be loved. There's not the emotional connection. Yes. And that's the difficulty, isn't it? When we stop at somebody's appearance, we are necessarily avoiding all of the other much more beautiful, much more interesting, much richer depths of what makes that person that person. 
A hundred percent. I knew we were going to have so much fun in this right? podcast. We're, we're completely on the same page. <laughs> so let's look at, you know, I want to read one of the pieces that you have in here that I loved. In a recent study, when female subjects were shown photos of larger women, their preference for thin bodies decreased. However, when they were shown images of thin women, they preferred thinness. Mm-hmm. Isn't that such a short snippet? But yeah. tell me a little bit more about that. It just really shows you that the more we see people that look like real people or look like us, the better we will feel about ourselves and about our bodies. And I think that's why so many companies that really have adopted this body positive sort of marketing platform for their advertising have been so successful because we are dying to see people who look like us in clothing, in the media, in online. So we we want it because it makes us feel good. I know you didn't do it. I agree with you. I know you didn't do it on purpose, but there, me being a psychologist, right? I pick up on the verbiage and you said, we are dying mm-hmm. to be this. We yes. are dying. And isn't that the truth that there are, is an increase in eating disorders such as anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and eating disorders in certain categories have the mm-hmm. highest mortality rate, right, of the mental health disorders. And so when we look at it through that lens and how certain social media apps are causing people to feel worse about themselves rather than Mm -hmm. better, right, because of this constant comparison to this fake ideal, this fake perfection, that people are literally dying in order to achieve this unachievable, ever-moving goal of the perfect body. Yes. Yeah. It's it's devastating. And, and, you know, it's not talked about enough, I think, you know, that we we talk about mental health and, and things like that. We talk about illnesses and disease, but we, we don't talk about how big an issue this is mm. in society. And, you know, part of me believes that it's because there's a lot of powerful companies out there that profit from our dissatisfaction, right? So there are a lot of, you know, studies out there that are funded by diet companies and and the people who are literally killing us because they're feeding into this idea or creating this idea or recirculating this idea that thinness is, is the ultimate, you know, goal of life. Absolutely. The old saying, you can never be too rich and too thin, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen people be too thin and also people be too rich because they don't use it well. But anyway, right? another yeah. topic <laughs> altogether. So when we look at this idea, again, let's just go back to the concept of how body positivity can be an antidote if it can be truly embraced to issues such as eating disorders, the constant checking of yourself in the mirror that, you know, my breasts are too big, they're too small, my stomach's too big, too small, my hips are too big, too small, I'm not tall enough, I'm not short enough, I'm thin enough, I'm not fat enough, you know, whatever it is. And that constant incessant nagging that is perpetuated, and I agree with you. Um, I had a very wise person tell me recently, 
that advertising in today's realm is based on getting to people's insecurities. Oh, they yes. want us to be insecure because if we feel insecure, mm -hmm. we will buy. And For then sure. we'll buy this and that and this and that. And our closets will fill up and our drawers will fill up with things <laughs> that we're trying to, to make us feel as though we are good enough. Yes. So tell me, tell our listeners, how can we become body positive? What's the magic? I'm sure you have this like a one, two, three simple approach, right? We can do this right now. Right, exactly. I mean, there is no perfect formula. And I think that everyone is different, right? And all our experiences and our background is going to, you know, we all experience body image issues, but how we experience those issues are based on, you know, our unique lives. So I think there's so many places that we can really start. And I think the first step is really challenging this idea. For me, that's where it started. It was this eye opening. There is a problem. It's not me. So understanding that you're not the problem, I think is the first and foremost important thing. And then really learning to challenge sort of the things that you see on a day-to-day -day basis, these messages, you know, whenever I'm having a bad body, body image day, I ask myself, who is profiting from me feeling this way? What's the and answer? <laughs> usually it's someone who wants me to, to buy into their diet program, um, <laughs> sell me some exercise membership, and that's the answer, right? It's, yeah. it's, you know, and sometimes it's just a matter of listening to our physical bodies. We are so confused as people and as a society because we've been taught that when our bodies feel bad or our insides feel bad, that, that we're the problem, not to really look at how the inner body works, you know, maybe it's our hormones fluctuating. Maybe we just need to, you know, do some movement that we enjoy, not, not try to get thin, but, but do things that, that make to be us fit. feel good, right? Yes. Inside and out. Yes. I'm a big proponent of being fit, right? Yes. If we lose the ideal that everyone needs to be this height, this weight and say, Hey, I talk about it a lot as telling people, find your fighting weight. Not yes. in, in a combative yes. sense, but in a sense that we all have a weight where we feel mm -hmm. good in our skin. And if we pay attention to that, forget the mirror that's in the bathroom, but also the mirror of society and say, I want to feel good in my body. Yes. How do I, when do I feel good in my body? Yeah. And it I'm has nothing to do with that number and no. has nothing to do with the way you actually look. It has so much to do with all of these external things. And I talk a lot about intuitive eating and intuitive movement. And I think it's really reprogramming and relearning sort of how to feed your body in ways that feel feel good. And that's not through restriction or, or saying that you can't eat any of these foods. When you give yourself permission, you actually will naturally be drawn to eating a balance of foods because you're listening to your body. Right now I want blueberries, but tomorrow I want ice cream and that is okay. And sometimes you need to rest your body on the couch. And sometimes, you know, you need to go out for a walk because that's what feels good. And that's really, I think the change that, that needs to happen for us all. I really, I am so with you on that. 
And I agree with you, the intuitive eating, when we learn to, it's not that this is bad or that is bad. It's that anything in excess is likely, especially if it's packaged, is likely not healthy for you. But when you learn just to create that balance is, oh, I can have a little bit of this. Oh, I want Mm -hmm. some French fries today. Must need a little bit of oil and salt, right? Must need that. Okay, I can have that. It's not off limits. Oh, I want a cookie. Sure, I can have a cookie. But if we restrict ourselves, then it becomes comes, oh, this is forbidden. So when Mm -hmm. I have it, I'm going to binge like crazy. Yeah. That's what's causing the problem is that we're taught to, you know, dieting is what ends up causing the, you know, people to have issues with food, to have binge eating disorders and, and, you know, issues with food in the long run. It's not, it's not having a balance of everything. (laughs) Absolutely. It is. It's just so beautiful when you look at, as you say, when we're intuitive, Mm -hmm. we're intuitive about exercise and we pay attention to, hey, I need a walk. Oh no, part of me is feeling really sluggish. Maybe I need a nap first, Mm -hmm. right? And give ourselves permission to be human. Yes, absolutely. So I have another question for you. When we look at Familius, the publisher of Body Positive and, and, you know, just such a wonderful company that has these core values about togetherness, loving together, learning together, playing together, and also when healing together. Mm-hmm. How can your book help families be happier? I think really this is a this is a healing book. You know, it's a, it was a healing book for me. It's a healing book for so many. It's a book that that brings us together and and makes us feel like we're not alone. And I think one of the things that this diet culture really does is make us feel like we're the only ones in the world that feel, you know, negatively about our bodies and that we're the only ones who have stretch marks or, you know, fat and and acne and all these things. And and when we really come together and realize we're all going through this together. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is so healing. And, you know, a lot of the feedback I get about this book is that so many parents and moms have bought this for themselves, but also for their own children so that they can show them, you know, what diverse beauty looks like that, you know, it's not just about what you see in traditional mainstream media, that there are other, you know, forms of beauty out there. And I think that can really make families happier because they can have these conversations. They can heal these wounds. They can stop these wounds from even happening if they have young children. You know, that's my goal. I have, I have two little ones and my goal is, is to hopefully make them so resilient against Mm. body image pressures that they will never have to worry about the, the healing in the long run. Oh, what a, just beautiful. (laughs) Beautifully said, beautifully laid out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I do have to say, your book is so well written and easy to read, easy to digest. Yet, there's another level of the book, the photographs. Yes. They are stunning photographs that show women of all shapes, sizes, ages. And I'm wondering... I think the photographer has a bit of magical touch. Who is the photographer? <laughs> I am the photographer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I really wanted to bring this book to life. And I kind of picked up photography because I had this idea and sort of went with it from there. And there's 75 women who, you know, 
are diverse and, you know, I, I wish I could have added more, but I mean, I think I did a pretty good job, you know, showing. You uh, did an excellent range. job, <laughs> an excellent job of showing women in their beautiful, exquisite imperfection, mm -hmm. which is how we are as humans. Absolutely. We are, and we tend to just see these idealized airbrush images or women only at their peak age. And I'm putting peak in, you know, air quotes of 17, right? Yes. Which means yeah. leaves out 99.99% of the women who do not fit that particular exactly little dot right in the exactly. constellation of humanity and so your book really it's just exquisite and the photography again is exquisite so where did your models for the book come from because they're not now listeners they are not you know a model that they picked out of you know the <laughs> latest vogue magazine these are models that are real women like you like me like emily yes. um so refreshing Yes. Where, did, where did you find your mom? They, they came from a variety of places. Honestly, uh, finding enough women was the longest part about putting this all together, about oh creating this book, um, because it's really intimidating to get women who are not of the exact model career to participate in something where they're showing their bodies and they're not being airbrushed or retouched. So, you know, some of the people I found through contacts just online, you know, I'd post in forums. I had people fly from other countries out to when they heard about the project. You know, some of them are friends of mine. Some of them are friends of friends. It was just, you know, sort of, I put it out into the universe and, and tried universe. to get it. It delivered. It delivered <laughs> magnificently. I am just, it's just gorgeous. And it makes sense because to have your picture taken as you are, as a human, mm -hmm. not, and they're not nudes, right? But they're, yes. they're revealing. And, yes. And, and also revealing of the imperfection that we are taught to hide. Oh, and exactly. that's the part. It's just so touching because we're taught to hide this imperfection, but it's women who are being vulnerable and honest and saying, this is me. Yeah. This is me. I love me. I accept me. No, I am not that one tiny little const, you know, star that everybody's trying to make me be. I am me. I know. And, uh, just it gorgeous. Was, it was honestly so healing for some of the participants, even, you know, hearing some of their stories in person and just like, I had some girls who were literally like shaking. They were so nervous. And after the experience, they just were so empowered and so happy. And, you know, it, it, being a part of something like this, being a part, they, they are playing a part in healing so many different people out there. And I think, you know, they're brave, they're amazing. And, uh, I'm just so honored and so lucky to have come across each and every one of them. Absolutely. And, you know, when we bring it back to how this makes families be happy, when we as women, right, as moms, daughters, sisters, aunts, role models, when we feel good about who we are in our skin, because we love ourselves from the inside out, that 
builds not just happiness within us, but happiness with every person we touch, our kids, our husbands, you know, relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. And again, you're a teacher and you're going out being, well, you are literally, you know, a teacher on this subject and yes. you're going out into the world and you're modeling. This is what happiness looks like mm -hmm. that is independent of trying to be this one tiny speck that we're told is perfection and there's exactly. so much more and all the women who joined you and so oh my goodness i think it's just an amazing <laughs> incredibly powerful book incredibly Thank powerful you. and i anything else that you want to add to the podcast today you know i just think when you were speaking there i was just thinking about how when we heal this these parts of ourselves that we've been taught to make small and hide. Just think of how many amazing things women and young girls will grow up and do when they're not focused on making themselves smaller, both, both literally and figuratively, you know, what, what I can't wait to see what the world will look like when, you know, the focus is not on, on women's appearance, just, just watch out and see what we can do. Thank you for saying that. Can you, I mean, it's such a good seed to plant listeners. Can you imagine how much more free time we'll have, how much energy we'll have, how much more money we'll have that we're not throwing mm -hmm. away on things, trying to look like somebody else in a fashion magazine or on a TV ad, how much more beauty we'll have, inner beauty to devote to the causes that mm -hmm. really matter, whether Absolutely. it's self-care relationships, you know, our passions, our creativity. Oh, what a gift you've given us, Emily. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So where can our listeners find you? So my website is happydaughter.com, or you can find me on Instagram at real happy daughter. Um, and there's links to the, to the book there. You can find it on the familias website as well. Excellent. So listeners, we have been talking to Emily Lauren Dick and spelling on her name is E-M-I-L-Y, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. Last name is Dick, D-I-C-K. And her book, Body Positive, A Guide to Loving Your Body. Thank you for being with us, Emily. It has been such a pleasure and a joy. Thank you so much for having me. It was it's, great talking with you. It's been fabulous. So such a, I could go on, we can go on for hours. <laughs> you can see us going here, really? there, I everywhere. Know, Lots know. of topics. <laughs> so as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. And if you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at familius.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog, as well as a spectacular selection of books for families, such as the book we talked about today, Body Positive, A Guide to Loving Your Body. One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, 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 as only you can do.